Heaven high. Heaven high across the Atlantic. John is, is in true. his kingdom at the moment, and he's enjoying himself verily there. Uh, how are you today, John, on this episode 249 of the Rum Doings podcast? You can mail us podcast at rumdoings.com or tweet us at rumdoings. <sighs> Very well, thanks. <laughs> the topic today, uh-huh. in this post-PC world, is there any reason to have a proper laptop Good point. Yes. Why would you not just be very happy? Uh, no, no discussion. No discussion. A lovely sort of, sort of pie. I get the hang of this. Do you? So, um, when did you fly? When did you fly over? Mm. Uh, last Sunday. What airline? Virgin Atlantic. We usually have a summary of your flight and you tell us about some of the wacky characters you met there upon. <laughs> it was I remember a, that time you said that the Daily Mail wasn't a newspaper and all the cabin crew laughed. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Fond memories. Uh, Did it was anything that good this time? It was fine. It was one of their dreamliners. Plastic <laughs> um, aeroplane. But it was, yeah, it was. But their economy is a lot better than it used to be. I had a very comfortable seat and... Uh, I've got so used to the entertainment systems being dreadful that I just bring my own stuff with me. But I used their entertainment system. It was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Virgin New Entertainment System's actually all right, isn't it like? Isn't it like? You can move fast forward and rewind without it suddenly causing the whole plane to stall. <laughs> I was going to say crash, but actually stall's probably better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you went to San Francisco, I assume? I am in San Francisco right now. How the homeless? They're the same. The same. Pe- I recognise them from the last time I was here three years ago. Uh, see, I don't know whether to actually believe that because it is plausible that you would see the same person hunched in a gutter and you say, "Actually, I recognise that." Guy. I do. There is one particular guy I recognise. He has this very sort of peculiar way of leaning over. He stands and leans and holds a pot out. And yeah, I've seen him every year I've come here. Did you did you say hello? Did you ask him whether he was going to the GDC with you? <laughs> I didn't. I, he's. I don't think he. I don't think he could even talk. This guy. Fair enough. But I've said hello to a few. Therefore, in the gutter. Um, so, uh, are you enjoying yourself? What's the vibe in your West Coast America at the moment? Are you feeling it? Are you feeling it at all? I think it's all very confused. It's uh, mm. it's a sad little mess of a country. It's interesting just watching the news in the morning, flicking through the channels, and if you watch the you know the ABCs and the CBSs and so on, they're just desperately trying to impartially report on whatever absolute nonsense has happened that morning on Trump's Twitter feed. And then you tune into MSNBC and they're just sort of reveling in it and laughing out loud. I thought MSNBC is just the Russian conspiracy channel. No, no. MSNBC is the, in the last few years, where Keith Oberman used to be, it's the anti-Fox. Yeah, obviously. It's very sneery and very... um, it's a very self-satisfied channel. Rachel Maddow. Exactly. You hate lesbians. I don't. So, I don't hate lesbians. I just hate specific lesbians. The ones who don't let you watch. Kiss their um, lips. So how has your games conference been? Do you agree with me now that it's pretty much all done? <laughs> well, it finishes today. So in that sense, yes. No, I mean the games. The games are over, done, you it? think. <laughs> well, you're you're in a kind of relentless cycle now, aren't you? The perpetual wheel. You you, you felt that a bit this week. Oh God, I've got to pretend to be excited about this now, do I? Okay, here's old John, the old guard, still pretending he's a little boy, getting all excited about 
the same old banal concept of being put in new a new frock. You felt you, that a few times, didn't you? You may have had a hit there if I'd been at E3 or Gamescom. Because I'm at GDC, no, not in the slightest. It's always the opposite here. It's always about crazy bonkers, new ideas and... Um, and you know, the big publishers are sort of here, but they're in the background and you can ignore them. And it's all about indies showing off their latest wacky ideas. And it's actually quite refreshing. It's it's more to do with soon to be tragic, uh, tragically failed Kickstarter campaigns then. Oh, then you see, you're so out of touch. You're so out of touch. It's about tragically failed steam launches now. Steam launches. They've really taken over the world, haven't they? It's amazing. It's really disturbing. They used to make games. Yeah. They don't anymore. They, they announce they we're making games again. They say and and announce another bunch of um, uh, VR five minute party games. <laughs> I said, oh, for crying out loud! How is VR doing? <laughs> it's a hilarious flop, exactly as I predicted. Is it? Now I want to see if it actually is because you did predict. Tell me, so tell me what the actual trajectory has is now. Then, so I was a little over optimistic for VR when I wrote the article that everyone told me was going to be wrong. I predicted, I think it's two or three years ago, I wrote explaining how um, that these VR things would launch, they would cost a thousand pounds, and no one, very few people, would be able to afford them. And then I said that each major publisher will put out their first multi-million um, big VR game. None will make its money back, and they will never touch VR again. Where I was wrong in that prediction is that they would even bother none of the big oh, publishers have even bothered to make a triple a game on okay. vr the only so they succe- didn't even try all right the success story and i predicted this too i said if someone can put out a, a vr machine for around 400 pounds or 400 dollars mm-hmm. and um just make it very simple no don't need to like vive you have to set up an entire room with four different base two base units and all this oh, it's ludicrous but if you could just do something mm-hmm. simple and cheap then that will probably work and that was what sony did with psvr um it won't last but it's actually worked it's 400 bucks or dollars and dollar pounds and mm-hmm. it's quite a fun there's some half decent games for it but yeah mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. and that's it that's it for the vrs yeah and then, so they're launching Talk- they're launching a whole bunch of new ones. So Vive, HTC are putting out a new version of Vive that doesn't require you to um, rearrange your entire house to fit the furniture against the walls. Um, I went to I went to visit a um, client who does VR, and they claim that they're now doing stuff in backpacks. You don't need a big wire connected to your heads, and so you just carry the computer around with you, and then you can walk around rooms and things. And you know how all the- you think to yourself, I really fancy playing a game, I'll put that backpack on. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It's like when they tried to yeah. launch 3D TV, and they said, "But if you sit at this angle and you don't blink, and you remember not to look over there at all, the, the TV shows look glasses. slightly three. Yeah, the TV shows look slightly 3D, and that give you a headache. Yeah. yeah. How about you just yeah. play video games where you can sit on your sofa and play them and just feel relaxed and happy? One day, one day that might happen. Maybe. Uh, I, I, Although I think games should be banned, Donald Trump proved that they they cause shooting. He did, he did, yeah. and I think we have to concede at this point that you know incontrovertible evidence he presented. Yes, it was it was very convincing. I found. Do you know what I'm drinking? Uh, root beer. You will be horrified and delighted at the same time. Diet root beer a- float. Diet A and W. Does it work? Not quite. Not quite, of course, of course. So, uh, well, you'll be happy to know that I had Dave Feldman staying at my house, who is a big 
uh, proponent of keto and he's doing all sorts of different uh, tests and he's rewriting the way basically cholesterol should be interpreted and so on. And he was staying with us from America. He came to a conference and uh, he, he had plenty of uh, Diet Cokes to drink. He claims he doesn't like coffee, so it's the only way he can get caffeine, you know, John. Well, you no should drink way of getting Pepsi Max. Diet Coke is revolting, yeah. a taste of soap. Pepsi Max is the only well-flavoured diet drink in the UK. So you might be another dad. Well, yes. So yesterday, as, Laura as went we for speak, implantation. As we speak, Laura's been implanted must... with, with, a, uh, with, with some sort of um, virus. If it succeeds, I will have got to... You've got to let me speak sometimes. We're on a slight delay here, so you've got to try even harder than usual. Go on, tell me your drivel. Here's my joke. If she gets pregnant, if if it works, I'll have got her pregnant from 3,000 miles away. Yeah, but I think it would be better if it's self-deprecating. I mean, you did my long schlong joke last time, but it would be better that... It's the only time where I'm happy the wife gets pregnant in my absence or, you know, something like that. Well, look, uh, we have to remember just how the number of bizarre ways that Toby physically resembles Judy and seems to (laughs) show your behaviour. So it's not something I'm keen on. Also, Judy um, has never really been a big fan of going to sleep, I notice. And there's some sort of similarity there as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear Toby is still... Not that much of a fan of completely losing consciousness for arbitrary number of hours every evening. For no, no, he is not. Mm. So there you go. Isn't it lovely when they go through that phase called living? Called being being born and then not dying afterward. Oh, you think Toby's not going to die, is he? He's not died yet. But, uh, I mean, have you ever stopped to think about the mortality of your child? Every day, almost every time I look no, at him. No, not... I'm not joking. Not in the... I'm not joking. My anxiety no, no, disorder does, triggers this for me. I can't. No, no, Every no. time I look at him, I think, you're not dead now. No, I'm not talking about that. That's trivial. They're sort of, oh, you could be knocked over by a car or get a bad brain disease. I'm talking about the common or garden mortality that one day, if everything goes perfectly, he'll be decaying in the ground. Yeah, I, yeah I've given that a lot of thought. <laughs> No, I'm not talking about something tragic. I'm talking like yeah. he dies at 97, surrounded by his family, uh, uh, a phil- millionaire philanthropist, after having a last-minute 97-year-old skiing mishap. You know, that sort of death. <laughs> but it will still be dead. I haven't considered that particular death. But he, Have you ever he... said the phrase, Toby will be dead one day? I'm absolutely certain of that. Have you ever I... said that phrase? <laughs> not word for word, but yes, yeah, fairly similar. I think to Laura and I have both sort of talked about that revelation of like, oh gosh, one day he won't be alive and how horrible that is to think about. Isn't that ridiculous? But maybe he will. Maybe he's, I said to him, maybe you'll be the first generation not to die because he's very worried about death now. Yeah. Or, or he could be Jesus, of course. This is more than likely. I mean, do you have any evidence that he isn't? Uh, he did uh, on Christmas Day say, Jesus is dead, Daddy. So Okay, but no, no that, that's just the sort of thing he would say, coming like a thief in the night. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, you know, no, I mean, you don't actually have any... I'm trying to think if there's even any liturgical evidence that he's not Jesus. You know, is there a reason why he shouldn't be? Well, really? I think Jesus did very few interesting things until he was about 14. Exactly, and you already think he's basically a miraculous thing, so I, 
I don't know. Uh, there is no actual hard evidence that Toby is not Jesus, you know? What's the worst... Everything to play... What's the worst thing about Judy? Uh, she, she, when, when she's cross about something, she kind of grits her teeth and goes, <laughs> and like, yes, no, rewind. Uh, you don't need to get cross. I asked you what happened at school today. It's the, it's the premature tea, tea, stroppy teenage, teenage moments that she has. That's the worst. Why is what they did at school or nursery such an important secret to children? It's very important. Uh, although Judy might actually be Jesus. Do you know what she did the other day? I tweeted it. Did she uh, raise someone from the dead? Very close. Um, what she did, she, she knew that I gave blood, so she wanted to do something as well. So she read in one of her kiddie magazines about the Little Princess uh, Trust, or whatever it's called, which collects uh, people's hair and then makes wigs for little girls and little boys who are undergoing chemotherapy. Mm. So Judy... Judith, who has very, or I should say, had very long hair, decided she would get it all cut off and give it, and given to them to make into a wig for a chemo girl. Gosh, that's she's splendid. It is splendid, isn't it? And then, then, of course, she was, and I know it was a sacrifice because she was immediately worried that everybody at school would say that she looks like a boy now. Um, fortunately, that did not happen. Um, but, you know. They, Imagine uh, looking so like a co- boy, though. Ugh. Exactly. So it could be that she is Jesus. Hmm. I mean, genuinely now, let's try and look, uh, her, do some hermeneutics. Is it possible that in the second coming, Jesus would come in the body of a woman? Yes. I mean, is it though? Why would is it there not any be? reason not to? I well, think... that's what I'm trying to think. I'd, I don't know. Maybe a Catholic would tell me no, because if you interpret this word, that means you'll have a penis or blah, blah. You know, I, I genuinely don't know. I can't see any reason why not liturgically. So it could be Judy. Could be Judith. Good. So it's it's all to play it's all to play for between Judith and Toby. It I'll makes let sense. you know if it's her, you let me know if it's him. It makes sense to be a Shiksa Jesus because then, you know, half Jewish and then half, you know, he was about advancing from the, the, the bridge between Judaism and Christianity. So yeah, it makes sense. So she's a bridge. Yeah. Oh. There you go. And she did something selfless, she almost basically got crucified by getting rid of her hair. <laughs> That's true. Excellent. So it, it it could be either. Well, let me know if it's Toby. I'll let you know if it's, it, it's Judith. <laughs> okay. Have you had any adventures? Had... Yeah. Well, ha- oh no. Have you had your potato croquettes yet, or whatever you always have? Uh, hash browns at the uh, Pinecrest Diner. Yes, of course. The first breakfast morning. Do you like them? They're beautiful. I've only had them the once, but they were beautiful. Uh, and have you, been, have you been pining after them every day since? No, I've been absolutely disastrous from a, uh, a, a LCHF position this week. Well, of course you have, because you're weak and greedy and slothful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the... You can confess to um, the priest now. What's the? What's your biggest sin? I found some a product in a shop called uh, Reese's Pretzels. And you, that's where you should have left them. These are pretzels dipped in Reese's peanut butter and chocolate. I couldn't have that because Victoria's allergic to peanut butter anyway. So, you know, doubly, doubly evil in my mind. Well, I think you should be allowed to have it if were you in America and she was in the UK. I think you might just get away with it then. If she were, subjunctive. I uh, had dinner with Gary Taubes, though. 
I said, were she in a met? Were she? I said, were you? If she were, yeah. If and you said, and if she was, no, we didn't. Something like that. There was a was there. The listener can tell. The listener knows and sneering at your sugary brained incompetence. <laughs> yeah. Did you do you foresee that Trump will win another term? Why not? Well, he might just not be mentally able to do so. Stand again. Did you see he was asked yesterday, uh, what would if what would you say to your 25-year-old self? And he said, don't stand for election. Seriously? Yeah. He's not supposed to admit that. And then he justified that. this. Well, he rationalised this by saying uh, that uh, his, his reputation and his, um, his PR has just got really bad ever since he became president. He's correct. I'm surprised <laughs> he's been that perspicacious. Uh-huh. But then we know he didn't want to become president and was very upset when he did. So, yeah. okay, well, bizarre, but but understandable. Um, very strange that um, he, position he finds himself in, because most people would probably see being president as the pinnacle of their life, whereas for him it's a bit of a letdown. Well, I think mm. it's intrinsically, his, his depth of stupidity is so enormous that what being president has done is just shone an astoundingly bright light on everything he's worst at. Oh, dear. Oh, poor Donald. Well, no. I, I think so sorry for him. It's hard not to. I think he is in a lot, of, a lot of trouble. But that said, as I've always said, I mean, just because Obama was clever and polite doesn't mean that he did good things. I mean, what he did with with the ACA was ridiculous for the Affordable Care Act. For example, the didn't, he didn't push for the public option. He was opposed to it, even when they had both houses and even when they had a filibuster-proof majority for a few months, they didn't do it. So when they come to power and they're given the opportunity to do everything they can unopposed, they're still bought by the same business interests and they don't. So it's almost worse when the Democrats let you down, because at least you expect the Republicans to let you down. I became same thing when the Labour lets you down. I became very frustrated with uh, MSNBC the other day when they were talking about Trump's congratulating Putin, and then they said, "Well, mm-hmm. didn't uh, Obama congratulate him in 2012?" And then the, the people say, "Oh yes, but it was a very different time, very different thing. It was before Crimea." But no, it was wrong for Obama no. to do it then, and they should just say so. It's exactly. Like, they're gonna, you're not admitting some massive oh. defeat when you say, "Yes, of course, Obama shouldn't have done it," and that's, yeah. that that better say, explains you, why Trump shouldn't have. Or, or you say, actually, that's the way real politics works, and they both did it, and it's irrelevant. But you can't have it both ways hmm. either way. It is that is very this kind of um, rewriting history as if everything that went wrong in America started the day Trump became president. That's not true. I can hear. Uh, I can rewind this podcast to when Obama was in power, and you were still whinging about plenty of things that were going on in America that you disliked and therefore were wrong. <laughs> yes, that's right. I am in charge of what's wrong. It was supposed to be your kingdom at one point. Yes, well, I let it. I, I did rather let things go. You, you haven't been back for a while, and look what happened. It's my first time back in three years. I can. I have to take responsibility. So, have you been watching broadcast television? Yes, I have. In, in the hotel room, and have you been enjoying the adverts every two and a half minutes? No, I have not. It's it's, it's actually intolerable. I watched a little bit of Wheel of Fortune yesterday. 
Uh-huh. And right. it could, not only does it go to adverts, seem, and I'm, I, I'm not, I'm trying not to be facetious, seemingly every two minutes, it also contains yeah, it adverts within the two minutes when it's actually there. Really? Yes, yeah, so the prizes are all adverts. It's difficult to see how anybody can put up with watching live network television. I genuinely don't understand it. Well, you can see why uh, DirecTV is so popular. That way you can, and all these, you know, TiVo was so was big here 10, 15 years ago where you could skip the ads with just by, you know, you start start the show 15 minutes late and then just boop, 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 past all the adverts and then catch up by the end. I saw that uh, they had um, Pacific Rim was on FX channel last night. And it was listed as 210 minutes long. And I thought, Pacific Rim can't have been 210 minutes uh, long. So I went to check, and it was 127 minutes long. And I realised, oh my goodness, that means there's something like... There's over an hour of adverts in this movie. People don't bother. Really, just Uh write poetry or something. You'll find a, a more edifying experience, even if you hate poetry and can't write. Well, Netflix. Just watch Netflix. That's the answer. But it does, But I still don't understand who's watching network... Somebody must be watching net- network television. I mean, it's just so hideously worse that I do not understand how somebody, rather than paying $5, $10 a month, would put up with that. Uh-huh. I, I don't understand it. I suppose if you're born into the system, it's the same as, you know, Americans are very slow to realise just how peculiar it is to worship a flag. But when you go to school from the age of five and every morning you're, you're required to worship the flag, it doesn't feel weird or abnormal. I suppose the boiled frog syndrome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very strange. Very, very odd. I still don't quite understand it, but I understand how suppose. But, but, but you see, that was possibly appropriate when there were no alternatives. But... Everybody now has had experience of using something like Netflix. Even my parents have. Yeah. So you know that there's no excuse. So I just, I wonder, is anybody watching Netflix? I suppose they must be, otherwise they really still wouldn't be doing it. But this has to be the last gasp. We can't still be having normal network television with adverts like you saw it in 20 years' time. Do you agree? Of course, because uh, ratings used to be a a show that was peaking could get to, say, 15, 20 million viewers in America out of 300 million. And now shows Mm -hmm. will survive on 5 to 7 million um, and be considered successful. Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. So let's, shall we have a prediction? 20 years' time, uh, in 2038, will there still be broadcast television with adverts the way we know it? No. I agree. Another prediction. I uh, I read today that Prince Philip couldn't attend an event with uh, the Queen because he's unwell. May? Uh, May? Do you think he'll be dead in May? May, yes. Okay. End of May. Okay. Poor old Philip. Anyone else? Dodd? Ken Dodd, one of any bookies on Ken Dodd. Do you think what well, you think he's going to die soon? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know he died last like two weeks ago, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, I just check, just checking. I was just checking. It's just checking. Would you like to an observation? Yeah. Go on then. Americans can't cross the road. Well, they're not allowed to because jaywalking gets you the death penalty. This is true, but even so, even though I know I do sometimes cross the road here and then think oh what a, with a little frisson of excitement i just crossed the road <laughs> but uh when you go to pedestrian crossings crosswalks as i believe the locals say 
They can't do those either. They stand there in giant crowds waiting for the light to turn. And then it turns to the little white man to cross the road. And then they Mm -hmm. just carry on standing there for a good five to ten seconds. And you have to barge through or around them to cross the road. Oh, I can imagine you must get... You you basically get a gun and shoot them at that point, don't you? Well, it's more of a steamroller. You're not that fat. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean... You saw that lady taking her bike across a multi-lane highway in the middle of night without any uh, real high-vis clothes on and then getting knocked over by the automatic car, didn't you? I, it's so demoralising and so predictable that uh, we would... Uh, is it too, has everyone already said, I'm out of touch being over here, has everyone already said, has made the trite observation that maybe we should pull all cars off the road next time someone gets run over by walking out across the middle of a highway? Um, basically, well, they should, but it's been, oh, look, you see, we should just keep the humans there because no humans ever knocked anyone over. But that's my, no, that's my point. So in the next time a regular oh, no. car runs someone over, let's take all cars off the road until we can research how this happened. Yeah, well, also the lady who was supposed to be in charge of the car was looking down at her phone at the moment. So I did. Not very... I did see the video, yes. But at the same time, yeah. I saw, you know, you saw what she saw. This woman appear out of the black in the middle of a highway. Like... And actually, the car could have and should have um, detected that in a way that a human probably wouldn't have. And what we're really saying is, why was the car as bad as a human driver would have been in that situation? Fair that's enough. the question that's asked. Rather, Why wasn't the car as good as a robot should be? Which is a fair enough question, and I imagine they'll answer it and then fix it. I mean, if we look at the beginning of the rail railway, I think the, the minister in charge or something died the first day and falling when he tried to get on it or something. <laughs> Actually, what is that story? What is that story, John? You know the story? Well, his name um, was... First, first train railway minister died. Do you think that's going to come up? His, I'll make it up for you, if you like. Oh, yes. William Huskinson was a British statesman, member of Parliament, Liverpool, commonly known as the world's first widely reported railway passenger casualty, as he was run over and fatally wounded by George Stevenson's first locomotive engine rocket. (laughs) See, I knew about him. He should not have been at the opening of the uh, Liverpool and Manchester Railway, but he was there, and then, um, yeah, he... uh, I think he stood in the middle of a line. Once he rose down, he panicked and made two attempts to cross the other line. He changed his mind. Uh, and then, uh, yep, and then hit the door right onto the tracks in front of the train. His leg was horrifically mangled by the locomotive. And then he died. And that's why we don't have trains today, John. That's right. Because the first train uh, killed an MP. Would you ever buy a Ford? So there we are. Are you dead, by the way? Oh, can you not hear me? I can hear you now. I couldn't hear you, John. Can you say something? I asked you a very important question. Would you ever buy a Ford? No, I still can't. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, that's better. I can hear you now. I think I think Jesus was upset about what you were saying. Do you want to try again? This will be fun to edit. Would you ever buy a Ford? I wouldn't buy a Ford, no. Good. I don't like them. Why? Just, I'm just interested whether the history of the of, of Henry... It weighs heavy. Like it. It, it weighs a bit heavy, but they're not very. I don't really like the cars per se. I mean, I wouldn't avoid it if it were a brilliant car. Uh, more of a problem with Volkswagen because there are people who are alive today who, um, you know, knew what was going on and didn't care. 
But didn't didn't Hitler have a framed picture of Henry Ford on his desk? Oh yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Henry was a, a great mate of his. Yes, yes, and an inspiration apparently for his for Hitler. But then again, he, you know, maybe Ford was was asked to join a Facebook group, and he didn't realise. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't see all of Hitler's. Uh, he didn't see all of Hitler's other posts, John. He was a busy man. <laughs> all right, a very good point. Will there be any Facebook? I think you're being a bit week? unfair to poor old Henry. Will there be any Facebook next week? Uh, I'm afraid to say there probably will be. I enjoyed the interview with Mr. Zuckerberg on the CNNs. I couldn't watch it because that man is incapable of sounding at all sincere. Uh, had he been trained properly this time? They said, I was watching the Anderson Cooper... Re- so it was a CNN interview originally, and Anderson Cooper was analysing it with his guests, and they were saying he'd had six days to rehearse for this interview, and it was very apparent that he was very prepared for everything. And all of his answers were very clever in that they were sort of... They felt very, like, oh, sincere. Yes, actually, I do think that's a good idea. Actually, maybe we should be regulated but then everything was actually very cleverly worded to say maybe we should be regulated by having our advertisers be regulated mm. and that's well sort of i have no problem i've got no problem with facebook at all why not i'm not being i'm not being funny well that's because... certainly true no no the, the face facebook is what people wanted to be and it, it, nobody forced anybody to join it uh it, it is what it is nobody pays to use the service other than through the advertising that's used upon them. It's a Mephistophelian um, bargain which they take every time they use it. End of story. Uh, It's not uh, and nothing I've heard has made me particularly worried about it either. There's nothing particularly worrying about Facebook except it's annoying that it destroys the bits of the open internet that I like but then again nobody else cared about that in the first place. You know I don't really give a damn about quote privacy unquote privacy it's the least of our problems it was a little experiment which uh, we are now ending so there are many things wrong with facebook that annoy me but as a big moral uh, enormity i think there are worse problems say like the, the pharmaceutical companies for example are things i deal with way before facebook so sorry john i'm not going to get on your bandwagon what is the <laughs> yeah God, i'm so i'm so worked up about facebook right now what has a pharmaceutical like. company ever done to you <laughs> yeah except <laughs> save my life plenty of times yeah you need to learn to be grateful I do, I do. I oh, they're very. They are quite naughty, actually, John. If you read Peter Gertz's book, you'll find that they've been quite naughty little uh, little tykes, the pharmaceutical companies. And then every time you wish that it were just a mad conspiracy theory, you read the footnotes and see the court case, and then go, "Oh no, that actually did happen." Gosh, what about bad pharma? Bad Farmer actually painted them in a better light than Goethe's book does. Uh, Goethe is one of the fathers of evidence-based medicine, and he runs the Nordic Cochrane Collaboration and professor, and he took the research way beyond where Goldacre did, and he basically concluded they're all ba- a bunch of criminals. It's just basically organized crime. And once you've read his book and followed at least some of the 900 references, you will say, actually, yes, that's not hyperbole. 
very sad that something should be under the mores of the mafia like that. We should really nationalize them tomorrow. If you can arrange that, I will uh, make sure I've got somebody good in charge. Okay, sorry. Dr. Asim Alhotra. Put Asim Alhotra in charge. I'll do that tomorrow. Great. I've got nothing else to do because I'm here on Saturday with no plans. Okay. Oh, while you're there, how are you covered with regard to health? Do you have travel insurance that does your health? Yes, my bank comes with automatic travel insurance. Are you sure that it doesn't have the um, the loopholes that would mean that you'd end up going bankrupt? Probably. Hmm. I was talking to a f- friend who lives here yesterday whose wife had cancer and how just how mortally, hideously let down by the country they, they feel now, just how wounded. The, the idea that uh, there's a... Uh, uh, there's this notion that America is bad now, but has this incredible potential to be great. Is is sort of what's taught to you as you as you live here, and then just realizing no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have that potential at all. It's it's awful here. Oh, come now, come now. It's, uh, it can't be all that bad. I mean, it's her fault for getting cancer. Well, exactly. Which would be the position mm. of the health insurance companies. <laughs> That, oh no, you signed the policy using blue ink and you had to sign with black. We're not paying you anything. Sorry. It's, it's not very nice. Do you know what was, do you know, do you know what was unrealistic about my little parody there? No. I said, sorry. (laughs) That. Yes. It's the reason I couldn't live there, actually. Uh, I could never trust that. I should be allowed to get ill and wor- and not have to worry about my family going bankrupt. Yeah, absolutely. With the best insurance. You never know. You never know. These stories. How often do you tip the maid when you stay in a hotel? I tend to tip at the end. Do you not think that sort of... I, I tip the maid like every two or three days. No, I do it at the end and I'll just leave. Probably not enough, but... It, it really annoys me the Bakshish culture. And it's not her fault. Mm. But it, uh, it just it just irritates me substantially. Just pay your workers a living wage for God's sake and stop making them beg. I, w- I, I, I had two towels in my room and two coffee pouches of uh, coffee, and then the day after I tipped, I suddenly had four towels and six coffee pouches. I don't I don't approve of bribery. Some African banana republic, West America. <laughs> it's, it's very strange, and I got a lovely note back from the maid, and it's you know it's uh, odd. Did you reply to her in Spanish? I'm afraid not. I th- believe I would need to learn Filipino. Oh, Filipino maid, Filipina maid. I suggest. Did you walk? Are you on the top of the hill or at the bottom of the hill? I am on the bottom of the hill. Thank goodness. Is anything happening on the top of the hill? Well, that's where... Knob Hill, you mean. (laughs) I hope not, because it's far too high to walk up. We walked up Knob Hill when Victoria was pregnant, so you should be ashamed of yourself. I walked up Knob Hill last time I was here, and and it's it's, it's, it's quite steep. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed. Were you pregnant? Yes. Okay, good, good. Uh, Yeah, it is steep... Uh, how, what's the weather doing to you in San Francisco? I mean, it's always this peculiarly ridiculous microclimate means it could be anything. It is indeed. It's uh, cold and rainy. <sighs> California it's and cold. it's cold oh, and I, rainy. 
I'm going to California, where it'll be a bit like Bogner. <laughs> so yesterday, it was it finally stopped raining yesterday afternoon, and it reached a heady 12 degrees Celsius. Don't say 12 degrees Celsius, that could get you deported. Um, I felt eight, safe in the eight. confines of this hotel room talking privately say, to you. What's 12 degrees, 61 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that? How close am I? I don't How know. How close am I? Let's see. 12 degrees C in F. 53.6, not that close. Not close at all. I keep... No, and indeed, if it had been 61, it would have been 16 degrees. Can we all agree that's a silly, silly measurement? And everyone should go to Celsius now, please. Well, tell you what, while you're arranging to have the pharmaceutical companies nationalised, I'll give them a kick into the metric system. Cool. Awesome. And can you kick ourselves into the metric system at the same time? Well, yeah, we seem to... We we got caught in the gap. We tried to jump onto the metric train and... uh, Sadly, like William Huskisson, we kind of fell at the first hurdle. And now at miles per hour, but kilograms sometimes, but stones other time, and centimetres sometime, but not. And oh, we are very confusing where we are today. Do strange hybrid. I strange. I was raised in the, the when I was t- I started school in 1982, and was mm-hmm. consist- persistently taught centimetres and miles. And uh, kill it, grams and and stone. It was just yeah. It was absolutely bonkers. It is, and it hasn't changed. No. Well, no, I think it, it has change. changed. Well, kids, kids well, don't understand height in feet anymore. They un- only understand it in centimeters. I know that's true. Once, no, no. Once we get our control back, we'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Oh, do you hear the? They're very angry because the blue passports are going to actually be manufactured by a Dutch German. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dutch French, I think you'll find. But did you see the front page uh, of the Daily Mail today? No, it's quite the thing. Let me see if I can. St- oh, blimmin' heck! Even though it's only five past eight in the morning, it's already gone off the BBC's page because it must be. What time is it with you now? Five past three. Yeah, were people upset? You're not allowed to know front pages About after something. five past three. No, was somebody upset by it? Oh yes, the, well, the Daily Mail and the Daily Express. Are f- absolutely furious but the daily mail front page today is so extraordinary that i need to find it uh daily mail front page not generator i want the real one huh. uh, let's see who will find it first why don't you just go to dailymail.co.uk dailymail.co.uk and i know that's different from it doesn't the I, it doesn't have the it front should page reflect something oh good grief there's how you do it megan and harry are shown how to pour the perfect pint of guinness it wasn't that, was it? If only it had have been, though. Oh, for goodness sake. The New Statesman has got an article about it, but it doesn't show what it is. Here it is. All right, so found it at long last. This is the front page. It reads, uh, Today the mail has a question for Britain's ruling class. Why do you hate our country, its history, culture, and the people's sense of identity? And then underneath it says, stand up for Britain for once. Oh, apropos. Amid a wave of fury over the decision to make new blue passports in France, MPs and workers urge ministers, stand up for Britain for once. Waves of fury. Just let's stop for a moment and um, picture that as a reified metaphor. Waves... I disturbances 
regular disturbances, oscillatory disturbances in some sort of medium. And the medium that is being disturbed is the emotional state of the body politic and these waves are propagated such that they're at a frequency which might be considered furious. Think of the waves of fury. Waves of fury. It's made me Think feel quite them. sad. Do you and hate these waves our country? Of fury. Yeah. These waves of fury are propagated in the central point by the fact that some cardboard will be made several hundred miles away from where certain people would prefer that cardboard be made. Waves of fury. It would be much better to spend £50 million more to make them and do it at home so we could the whole country can have £50 million less money to spend on other things. Do you know what would be, do you know what would be even better? Mm-hmm. Just... Don't 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 make don't make it stop <laughs> stop this nonsense now. Yes. Stop it. Stop it now. How did it happen? How did the whole blue passports thing, which just feels like a stupid Richard Little John aside, suddenly become a reality? Everything. That's everything. Stupid little Richard Richard Little John aside, little Richard John aside, <laughs> are becoming reality about six years later. Oh no, we're in some bad sci-fi thing it's time to stop where little john is weaving reality <laughs> i'm going to stop recording now i'm depressed it's too much i need to stop too also we've reached the 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 limit of our um cd capacity oh no we haven't i can't remember which what was our rule oh yeah tv shows that's right yeah won't have room for adverts if we don't stop now it's true audible hopes you've enjoyed this program Bye. You can try a mattress for a hundred days and you can wee on it as much as you like and then send it back. Fine, but whatever you do, don't use Squarespace. They truly are terrible. Please don't use Squarespace. Love you, every one of you. Bye.